Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Boy, we've got a good one for you yet again today. Uh, Brian and I is going to bring on our longtime friend, Brent. Uh, He's been doing some calculations over time uh, concerning days and certain events. And uh, he sent Brian and I a a PDF of his findings, and just plain to the point, Brian, what did you think of what Brian sent us right off the top of the bat? Uh, because he set this back uh, through time off the Tetrad Blood Moon, as it's commonly called. It is more properly called the Blood Moon Jubilee. But um, he went back to uh, 1967 and then even further back. And you being a history buff, to say to speak, over the last – oh, my goodness, how long, Brian? You've been – head over heels studying just history for here, year and a half, two years maybe. So what's your thoughts just on the glances off that with these folds of time? I guess to, you know, that's where things always in my mind get interesting is, you know, that terminology you just used, the folds of time. You know, I, I call that the quote-unquote bands of time, all the same thing. But, you know, it's just seeing these marked patterns, you know, that constantly, you know, repeat themselves begins to get, I don't know, with me, maybe some people will look at it in a different way. With me, it's fascinating. Well, with me, it's absolute confirmation that the Lord our God meant exactly what he said in his yep. book that goes by the title Ecclesiastes. Uh, just amazing uh, what God has said with his own mouth. And the eschatology experts of today completely and absolutely reject that, uh, even as they reject both his law and the testimony. So uh, let's get Brent on here, ASAP. Uh, but first I wanted to let the listeners know that it is such a pleasure to talk to Brent in privately because he is so very humble and he doesn't know why uh, the Lord is, is leading him in these directions and he will be the first to tell you that he is most aptly unqualified to do such things, and yet the Lord is his God. And with God things, all things are possible. So, Brent, it is good to have you on the broadcast again. Uh, I know that you want to keep yourself private. We're going to keep you private. Uh, so if you want to hear Brent or get any of Brent's information, well, you're going to have to come to the End Time Tribune, at least for the time being, until he decides to, well, uh, bear a grander sort he is uh, working on, at at least in the preliminary stages. So, Brent, welcome to the End Time Tribune. Both Brian and I give you a hearty welcome. Thank you, Matthew. Hi, Brian. Hello, Brent. Glad to have you on. Thank you, sir. Well, Brent, Why don't you go over uh, these curiosities, and and 
more importantly, let's begin with this. What made you start looking in this direction exactly? Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to have to go fairly far back. Is that okay, Matthew? Yes, sir. That's absolutely fine. Go back as far back as you'd like to. Okay, because otherwise it may not make any sense. Um, the gentleman I'm going to name now does not agree with any of this, and so I do not use his name lightly, although I think he's a fantastic teacher. A man named uh, uh, Michael Rood, he came up with a calendar that was astronomically and biblically or astronomically and agriculturally corrected so that the feast days could be celebrated on the days that the Lord said they should be instead of a calculation of men after they were thrown out of uh, Israel. He also came to the conclusion that parallel between Daniel's uh, 70th week and Yeshua's ministry, he concluded, and he's as of, as of at that time he hadn't written, but it is now published and you can get it. It's a uh, chronological New Testament where he says, which I have not read, that you can find the whereabouts of Yeshua in his ministry, in his life, within weeks going through the scriptures. When he said that there was a parallel between the days of Yeshua's walk and the prophecy of Israel uh, getting back into the land again, I thought that maybe there was something more to it. I had had his calendar for a while, and in about 2010, uh, I felt an urge to, and I had it for two or three years before that, but in 2010, I felt the urge to look into it. Well, uh, in my mind, Satan has to, and the Antichrist has to counterfeit uh, Christ's life in prophecy in order to deceive those who are more learned. So I took 490 and 490 days. Now, at that time, there was a date everyone was talking about. I didn't know where to start. So I took the date that seemed most suspicious which <laughs> it really was. Um, I mean, when you talk about uh, signs in the heavens, stars, sun, and moon, uh, it's been the biggest alignment in mankind's history almost is December 25th, 2012. So I went back 490 years to see if I could find something. And I did. It may not be conclusive, And basically, what it was, was Solomon the Magnificent took over the Mediterranean adjacent to um, Israel and kicked out all of the the church and and all those that were considered infidels. Well, that was interesting. That was a good possibility. Um, From that date back, it was 490. December 21st, 2012, giving three days for those men who were kicked out of the Mediterranean to get back to Rome and tell them, we've been booted out, we need to... Then I looked, that was the 490 years, then we need to look for the Antichrist's um, 
deceiving of a 490-day ministry, if, if it were true. And I came to a date that has become more relevant than I imagined. Um, uncalculable, I would really like to see the odds on this, uh, but from the, the, the end of the 490 years, from when Solomon the Magnificent had the area, to December 25th was 490 years. December 25th of 2012 forward, 490 days, ends up coming up next week on April 29th, uh, 2014, which I don't, some people do know, some people don't know, that is the exact day when the peace treaty is to be nullified, or not nullified, completed for Israel's peace treaty with the Palestinians. Now, I don't see that as a coincidence. And so, I looked into, uh, recently I've just, I've been putting down all this in in a novel form, in a book form, in a perspective of my own of how things could have played out if they did uh, the way I thought they were going to. The tetrad moons were being talked about, and so I had my head down writing, and I didn't pay much attention. I knew that Passover was a uh, uh, an eclipse. I didn't realize it was a tetrad. And uh, I feel like God just kept nudging me. You know, people are talking about this. You ought to look into it. Well, I, says, I, I was almost arguing with him. I said, well, I know the date. You know, okay. But I eventually gave in and started looking. And I found a witness. I found a witness to a 490-day pattern. June 5th, 1967, the Six-Day War begins. October 6th, slash 7th, 1968, the first day of Sukkot and the last of the Blood Moon Tetras. The day the Six-Day War began and the day the last tetrad of the 1967 and 68 tetrads ended was 490 days. All right, stop the bus. Yes, sir. I double-checked this. You are correct. Yes, sir. <laughs> and how did that hit you? Because you and I never talked about this. We never even considered doing it. So this just caught me completely by surprise. How about yourself? Oh, most certainly. You know, it's just it seems to me that every time whomever it may be sits down with a calculator, begins looking at these patterns in history, it just becomes amazing. The things that begin to turn up over and over and over again. I mean, there's just things that have come forward that have made me speechless so many times I can't even express it. <laughs> well, it does me too, especially with the simple fact of this phrase day and hour and most people don't really have both their their hands around time because it takes two uh, two hands because you need to understand ladies and gentlemen day well that refers to uh the year as we go around and around and around uh in 24 hours but you also need to consider this that hour could be talking sidereally he could be talking a sidereal hour which pertains to the other side of the... So even when you talk uh, to astrophysicists, these are the two 
types of years they would go off. They would either go by the day, year, or the sidereal year, the iron as pertains to the stars in the heavens. So when I looked at this, I just sat back and I thought to myself, Matthew, there's no way you missed this. There's no way you should have seen it. It would have been right in front of your face. But ladies and gentlemen, I got to admit it had never occurred to me that God would be so faithful as to leave markers for not only the year but the day. But now that I look at it, I'm like, well, duh. Uh, why didn't you do that? Why couldn't you see that? And, you, you know, you talk about getting frustrated, Brent. I'm like, how did this knucklehead come up with this? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing what you've done. Uh, so please continue. I, I just wanted to let everybody know that this was the first thing that caught my attention because I checked. Not nah, nah. Oh, yes. God left it close enough in history for us to see. Now, you go... Go back uh, further, which we're hearing a little bit. It's a little bit harder to get those dates because you know they didn't keep as good as records back then. But uh, I'm sure everybody is anticipating your findings. So go right ahead, Brent. Well, um, let me let me try and ease your mind a bit about the uh, question you just asked and how you missed it. First Corinthians one twenty seven. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I am the fool in that portion. Uh, Brian, did, did you catch that? I think he just, uh, I think he just insulted us with scripture, didn't he? That's classic. <laughs> uh, say it again. Let me, uh, let me uh, mull that over. Go ahead and repeat it. I think I might have missed that. Okay. <laughs> You want to hear it again? Go ahead, Brent. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brent. Repeat it by all means. All right. The first one was for you. This one will be for Brian. First Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. That sounds and once again on the market. <laughs> and you know, let me add into this. On top of it, I've really seen this principle take place. It really takes the heart of a child to sit down and begin to see these things. Well, I appreciate the simple fact that I'm being beat over the head with Scripture <laughs> in stark discipline. Boy, it's been decades since uh, since anybody's did that to me. And may the Lord God of heaven ordain such things. May he find pleasure in his own words and yet in his own will. Uh, that things should be done this way as a constant reminder of what is most precious to him, the first fruits. Uh, blessed uh, be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, uh, Brent, uh, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Uh, and yet it's true, and yet it remains, and yet his will remains. And uh, that is a beautiful thing right there. I, I don't know. Uh, don't know how else to put it. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, so, Amen. Uh, may he continue <laughs> to do so. Uh, may he continue to do so. So go right ahead, Brent. Uh, yeah, um, until I sent you the information, I didn't look at it as closely as I could. This stuff this stuff comes so quickly, and sometimes I have so little time. I feel that this has significance. I think I've sent it to you since then. But uh, December 25th, 2012 to April 15th, 2014, Obviously, it was Passover, 
and that would have uh, been the 68th week if these 490 days, 70 weeks, are falling on April 29th, exactly the day of the Peace Treaty Accord uh, finalization, which is yet to be seen, and I really have to put this caveat in there. Uh, I have been wrong on my calculations from this previous information in coming up to find this information and still could be very wrong, but the math works. So, that being said, Passover, to the end of Passover would be from the 15th to the 22nd, the 68th week. April 22nd, the end of Passover, concludes the 69th week and begins the 70th week, which concludes seven days later on uh, April 29th, 2014, with a solar eclipse, the due date for the peace treaty to be signed, the last uh, the last day of the 70th week from December 25th to uh, 2012 to April 29, 2014, if the peace treaty is signed, it will be exactly the first day of the seven-year tribulation, Daniel's 70th week and 490 days. A unbelievable confirmation. Well, Brent, let, let me throw this in here real quick. Um, I have to. I've got no choice because the Lord God of heaven has stated this thing. In Psalm 89:37, it shall be established forever like the moon, and the witness of uh-huh. the sky is faithful. Selah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you need to seriously consider when this count started. I remind everybody that he said uh, December the 25th, 2012, and the moon was at apogee that night. What is apogee? <clears throat> to your naked eye, that's when the moon looks the smallest. The very next night was the conjunction between the moon and Jupiter. So understand in your mind that there and the next day was when, moon, when the moon was actually at aphelion. So that's when it was actually for – so me and Brian marveled at this at the time because, well, that's literally when the faithful witness is as close to Jupiter as it possibly can be. And it was also this same night of the conjunction of the moon and Jupiter that the Pupid Veled meteor shower peaked in the heavens. So when I looked at that, because Brent sent me these notes, and I just looked at it, and I said, oh, my goodness, me and Brian talked about this at the time on air. And, oh, my goodness, Brian, isn't it true that hindsight is twenty twenty? Um it's happened so many times here over the last few months especially. But at the time, do you realize that, well, we could have actually formulated in our minds what was to come 490 days later, but we couldn't see it. And let us be reminded of what Brent already read into that, <laughs> Lord have mercy. In all my decades of studying and all my decades of dedicating myself to his word and what it says, it's this time that it has been made most known to me right here in Brent's study that if we would have just knew, if we would have counted off those 490 days, just, just tried it, out of blind faith, just tried it like a child to see where it would take us. Brian, your thoughts on that? Be- 
because you were there. Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we? I'm just dumbfounded at it. I can give the uh, most appropriate answer I can think of. We weren't meant to. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I guess that a bit of sunshine was for Brent alone. Amen. Um, Amen. So, so everybody just, just consider what Brent just said. Now, he told you the end of the matter, and now I told you the beginning. Me and Brian brought this to your attention well before Brent ever come on this program about this specific date. But now you not only have the end of the matter, you can see it from the beginning of that matter. And that's a beautiful thing, Brent. That is absolutely mind-boggling, right? But what else should we assume about the Lord? Is he not awesome in both his ways, his walks, and his form, and what he gives to his children? That is just absolutely reassuring that no matter what is to come, behold, he is faithful. Uh, so let us move forward. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that's just the first calculation he just gave to you. God had marked these things out in the heavens for us to see. It's just that Brian and I were, well, not ready to see it yet. So, Brent, please continue. Yeah, uh, when you say you weren't ready to see it yet, I had sent you paperwork, and I have it here in front of me that I calculated... Everybody wants to know where we're at on God's plot, whether it be the day, keeping the Sabbath correctly, whether it be the month, keeping the feast days correctly, whether it be the end times and the prophetical implications of that. The 29th, how would you? How would I? I didn't. I couldn't until very recently know that the world would set up a peace treaty and that would be the last day of it to be able to be signed. You could have looked at the stars for as long as you wanted, unless you've got something lying in the back that I can't see, that you wouldn't have been able to know that. Also, when I did the calculations, that ended up being the exact day, 1,260 days, mid-trip point in my calculation. And I heard somebody say this the other day, uh, calculations... Let's see, calculations don't lie, but liars calculate. In this case, neither one of those is. I'm not trying to pull the wool out over anybody's eyes, but these calculations that look right mathematically haven't come to pass. And I'd like to take this opportunity, anybody who had listened to the program before, who heard me saying, and not... Not vehemently, not saying this is thus saith Brent or the Lord, but uh, there were proofs that I have found. There were timetables that were accurate. And if they weren't, uh, if my smaller calculations didn't come out to be correct, this overall calculation seems to be but off by three and a half years. So I would like to apologize to any confusion, to anyone who may have heard before, but I would also like to to tell why I thought that the 
April 29th date was the 1,260th day and not the beginning of the tribulation, if I may. Oh, yes, you can. You can most certainly correct yourself on air. Uh, that's This is the most appropriate place to do it. Uh, we are supposed to uh, – well, as this generation has so many skeletons in our closet, we are not the dead. Behold, we are the living. So by all means, uh, go ahead and explain your thoughts. And, and let me say this. Uh, it's, I'm hoping that the reason for your folly was anticipated. Oh, without Everybody better get that straight right now. If you haven't figured it out, let me tell you about it. Brent obviously does not have his blessed hope in the stock market. Okay, <laughs> He is hoping for such things to come to pass. So uh, do we not as children get excited when daddy comes home? Is that not true? Have you not oh, beheld yeah. a two-year-old when their daddy comes home? There is... No sin in anticipation. However, mistakes can abound. So, yes, go ahead and tell us uh, about your temporal tribulation you had there with your emotions. Yes, thank you. Um, <clears throat> again, if it were not mathematically correct, and I mean to the day, I would have lost hope then. I'm going to give you two examples, and I'll leave it at that. There are others. But my calculations... From the start of the tribulation, which is what I thought it would be, to the 1,260th day, uh, which would be April 29th, my calculations showed that the second seal, the red horse, who takes away peace from the earth, would start on December 18, 2010. It would run for a period of three months to March 18, 2011. I can, I'm sure everybody will remember as soon as I say it, I had uh, an article out of the paper. I followed it very carefully. Hindsight is 2020. And so mathematically, I was not trying to say the Lord is coming on this day. I was saying, look at this. Somebody help me help figure it out. From uh, my interpretation of the second seal opening of the tribulation, December 18, 2010, three months, March 18, 2011, we had uh, the summer protests. The, um, oh, I can't even think of the term now. Uh, the Arab Spring? Thank you, sir. You're welcome. The, I, have, I have in front of me a list, a summary of the protests. The first one started in Tunisia exactly on the day I had mathematically put down for the second seal they'll be opened. Exactly on the last day of that three-month period ending the second trip, uh, second seal was uh, as Azerbaijan, March 18th, 2011. I looked at that and could not say it was wrong because mathematically it was correct in the calendar. I mean, it was an unprecedented event, and it took everybody by surprise even me, though I was looking for it. That is just one example. The next one is something that I'm not sure if I sent this to you or not. I'm almost positive I did. If you take the seven-year period from the time I calculated it with what looked like the second seal being correct, draw it all the way out to the last days, 
it would go from November 17th, 16th slash 17th, 2010, to October 10th and 11th, 2007. October 10th, I have marked down as the end of the tribulation. It is the last day of Sukkot. The day after that is the uh, Shemi Azaret is often mistakenly referred to as the eighth day of the festival of Sukkot, which occupies, <coughs> excuse me, the seven days preceding. In fact, Shemi Atzeret is a holiday unto itself, and it is called the last great day. Mathematically, again, I could not prove my own self wrong. What is the next day? What is the next day? Shema Torah, rejoicing yep. of the Torah, is a celebration making the conclusion of an annual cycle. Hello, cycle, mm-hmm. seven year, 490 days, cycle, Torah readings, and the beginning, hallelujah, the beginning, <clears throat> which in my mind that beginning would be the millennial reign after the tribulation of a new cycle. So, mathematically, I couldn't prove myself wrong. I put it forth, and it seems I was. But we still have to deal with these things coming up with a witness by the Tetrad moons of this auspicious date of April 29th, which absolutely could be, not saying it's going to be, but could be the start of the tribute. Let me stop right here. Uh, You haven't uh, brought in uh, these confirmations yet, and it's the first thing I ask you to do, com, uh, you know, confirm for me in an email. Uh, send me the articles to the links that uh, anything had anything to do with uh, the last day of April uh, 2014 as to being the uh, end uh, for negotiation times. So, um, and of course, I checked them, but... Uh, Bring this up. Did you find this in news articles when this was in case the fact, and and, uh, what were your sources for that, just so we can get that out to the listeners? Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, but that is the one piece of paper that I do not have. Um, There were two. I I sent them to you, and uh, I am very, very sorry that I have blown that particular question. Okay. Uh, That's not a problem. Uh, Brian, why don't you uh, get locked and loaded for me, uh, Psalms 110, please. I want to uh, hear it. Well, more importantly, I want Brent to hear it. It's one of my favorite ones. Uh, but can you do that for me, please, real quick, uh, Bri? Um, yes, I can. I was just looking at that song the other day. I'm trying to recall why. Well, of course you were. Uh, God, I was just prepping you, that's all. Um, and you should be used to that, Bri. Uh <laughs> um, Brent, let, let me say this, uh, that I did check the references, and it does in fact pan out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they put all over the news at the time that this, uh, this uh, treaty, this, the, these negotiations would end, okay, would be over by the end of April, uh, and – of course, that's the 29th. What I found particularly is this, uh, that this was released in Jews for Justice for Palestinians. Uh, this is what released at the time, and uh, uh, they have it right in this article. Uh, they come out and say it, and I will read it for you. The, the, 
the fourth point in this article. This resignation relates only to the current negotiations team. It does not invalidate the commitment made by the Palestinian Liberation Organization to continue negotiations until the end of the nine-month period agreed with Israel and the U.S., which ends on April 29th. 2014 okay so you can look this up yourself and you're going to run right smack dab into it uh this was released um all over the jewish news sources and yes not only israel but our government indeed uh set this as the limit so thinking about that um uh, this uh, the other one uh, that we got was from the uh, independent media uh, review analysis it was basically the same thing stating the same exact thing but when I checked the records for the U.S. Uh, data that's exactly what we got this this series of negotiations is in fact supposed to end on April 29, 2014 but you need to consider this Brent you need to swallow this really hard. Because Brian and I have talked about things which you are unaware. You need to consider what the Lord your God has done with the book of Psalms. Because every rabbi knows since the Holocaust that the Psalms lines up with the dates you're going through right now. And when you look at Psalms 110, you look back at 22. When you do that, you realize that what that psalm states is very particular in letting a very particular set of entity get a heads up so that they might understand what is to come. So consider this, that what it is that you have seen is perhaps exactly what they have seen. And I do mean that the stars are completely aware that the day will come, they will fall, be replaced. Brian, please give us uh, Psalms 110, please. Mm. Mm. All right, Psalms 110. Uh, let me get into a little bit better light here. Um, why in the world is our light so uh, dim in this house at the moment? <laughs> well, we just had storms come through, so uh, I'm wondering if the electric company is having some fun. All right, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies a footstool for thy feet. The Lord will stretch forth thy strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people I will make volunteer freely in the day of thy power. In holy array, from the womb of the dawn, thy youth are to thee as the dew. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Thou art a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at thy right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Now, ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows who it is that's going to go to Mount Zion. Everybody knows about the rod that he will rule with. Two entire chapters are dedicated to that in the book of Revelation, both chapter 7 and chapter 14. The only ones going to Mount Zion is the 144,000. 
that's it. So when you realize, uh, when you look what you're looking at, they can only see so far. And the scripture just plainly made a threat right to them. He directly made a threat. And they know who is to Mount Zion. They know it is the mighty Moshe'im. They know that from the book of Obadiah. That's why it was written. They also know that looking into and knowing, of course, Hosea chapter 9. There's no way around it. They know who it is that shall ascend Mount Zion. So considering that, we realize that God would have had to put off markers for them to be able to perceive what is to come. So with that in mind, well, Brent, that probably took you by surprise. It should. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but it shouldn't because, well, God's faithful. And what he said he was going to do, that's what he's going to do. He doesn't really ask for our opinions about it. So <clears throat> uh, concerning these things, just to let the listener know that uh, – well, these things are, in fact, the case. Of course, you keep catching it uh, here lately where uh, the, uh, Israel is saying, no, we're going to back out of the negotiations. The Palestinians say they're going to back out of the negotiations. This is the negotiations they're talking about. They're just not telling you how long these negotiations are to take place. And they are to end on April 29, 2014. So <laughs> with that in mind, Brent, please continue. Um. Yeah, actually, Matthew, this is um, it's all up your alley, but um, this in particular, uh, because if you were to uh, tell me that Orion's belt needed to be loosened because he ate some pie in the sky, I would take your word for it. But uh, you've done this before. Um, Tabernacles, uh, September 11th, 3 B.C., the woman in the uh, the heavens with the twelve stars around her uh, her head and the moon at her feet and so forth. Correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yes. Well, again, with my calculations, uh, it's going to happen again, is it not? Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. But let me do a play on words, shall we? Shall we do okay. a play on words? All right. Orion has a big brother. It's just. <laughs> Nobody wants you to know. But 180 degrees from Orion across the ecliptic, because Orion is right under the ecliptic, but it is the sign of the restrainer, his big brother, Ophiuchus, which is directly 180 degrees from him. And Ophiuchus's belt is exactly in the same pattern as Orion's belt, just a lot bigger. And behold, his belt is Serpentarius. And no one understand this, Brent, that right now, as we the source for the interstellar wind has moved away from Sagittarius, it has crossed the ecliptic. It is now north of the ecliptic in Ophiuchus's belt. So, your little term there, that Orion's belt being loose, <laughs> you were in part correct. No, I'm oh, wow. not jo- Brian... Brian, am I joking? No, I was joking. Well, consider that. Take a deep breath. Consider what the Lord your God is able to do. Everybody runs around and they say, the center of the galaxy is right there at the bright spot. It's right there at Sagittarius A, blah, blah, blah. But you know where it is? It's where the Lord your God says it is. That's where it is. And if he wants to give you a heads up, 
concerning a certain event, well, the sign of the restrainer, releasing that which he is restraining, well, he's going to do it. So, I liked your little pun, and I hope you liked my answer because, well, that's quite comical all in itself. Uh, I got a kick out of that. But, true yeah. to the point. Uh, yes, I have talked about these things that uh, you made reference to. Uh, Brian was right there with me, so we know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it makes you take a deep breath, doesn't it? Yes, but let's take it another step. It's going to happen again, and I have not your information. There's another man here who probably got the information from you who says that on Rosh Hashanah, September 23, 2017, it is going to happen again. That is within seven days of my last calculation, uh, October 7, 2017. I, I, do you consider that the escape of the, uh, the, the woman in the wilderness at that point and the sign for that? No, I don't. Okay. okay. No, I don't. No, I don't. Because uh, from, from now well, to then will be three and a half years. Exactly. Yes, I am aware of these, but like I said from the beginning, I've already put into the equation that from 2010, he would have to give a sign to the stars so that they would know. They would, get, mm. they would be able to get a heads up before us. Now, that's the only difference, but you need to know that this is already wrapped up into time. It's already encoded there. You're a little weak there. I already know all about it because you've forgotten about the new moon. The new moon is supposed to be on April 29th, 2014. But you see, God has a sense of humor. Don't you realize, Brent, that you only think that the first of the month is the first of the month. No, 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 no. This is when the first is. The first is when you see the first of the full moon. Okay. So even if your calendar says, well, this month's got 30 days in it. No, it don't. No, it don't. Ladies and gentlemen, you never put – you keep your own calendar like God told you to do. So if you're on day 29, you run out that, you know, run out that evening. Do, can we see the new moon yet? Nope. Well, I guess there's going to be 30 days in this month. Okay? Exactly. This has been all causing all kinds of problems with the Muslims. And Ramadan been all over the news. Me and Brian's trying to be show people to it. Look, ladies and gentlemen, you don't know how many days were in last month until you see the new moon. Because behold, the Lord your God already told you this. There was evening, and then there was morning one day. Okay? That's what he said. You don't have to like it. Okay? So I don't care what your calendar says. If you don't see the new moon, until 33 days after the last new moon, I guess that month's got 33 days in it. <laughs> I, I totally okay, so agree with that. This is the only thing that matters to me. If you want to pace off time, I need two witnesses on that temple mount that is a pivot point for all of creation. I care about nothing else but that foundation stone. Yes, sir. You give me two witnesses, two witnesses. I don't want one. One ain't going to count. Three would be nice, but… If you give me and Brian two witnesses to tell us the first of every month, oh my, did he surprised with you. So, based on that, we have to remember that's how the days and the hours God keeps in flux. But I'm telling you the truth. Since 2010, the stars are most certainly 
eagerly awaiting seeing that new moon because they don't know. They don't know. As a matter of fact, we already know that they cannot know because angels are so vitally and meticulously mechanical. They're mechanical. They don't take change. And we all know that NASA has already proclaimed that, hey, ladies and gentlemen, there's not 24 hours in your day. There's only 23.93 hours in a day. And once God did that, guess what? The stars gather around the foundation stone to eagerly await when the first day of the month is. So Brian, so Brian and I can look out to these dates that Brent has said, only assuming what day of the week it's going to mm. But until we see that, that new moon, Brent, uh, I can't tell you. Um, so maybe to make it clear again, on top of it too, we've seen – you know, I think we've discussed this even on air. We're seeing a gap where it's showing up early on one side in a month, and then we're seeing a gap that's showing up late in the next month. On the back. And that's impossible because you know how many days that – that's right. Well, Brent, do you realize that puts too many days in a month? Uh, well, yeah. We've got to change the calendar every month and do it correctly. Yeah, it's going to – yes, right. Well, I mean, it's we're beginning to wobbling to and fro like a drunkard. Right. Obviously, right. it has to take place in a slow progression. Otherwise, we could be in a spot where we would just get thrown right off the planet. I would, you know, maybe right. think. Oh, no, not think. I mean, consider what the Lord your God did last time with centrifugal force, my good friend. No, my dear <laughs> brother, Brian. Precisely. Consider what the Lord your... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, how do you think the fountains of the deep burst force? Uh, I'll tell then, you how. Yes. Centrifugal force. Centrifugal force. What, and, and the evidence, same, the equatorial bulge. Right. The equatorial bulge would have been in flux. On top of that, have you did any studying with heavy water? Uh-oh, everybody gets quiet now. Matthew's about ready to talk about nuclear physics. You bet your bottom dollar I am, because if you don't understand heavy water and the quantity and the quality of the water in the fountains of the deep, oh my goodness, don't you realize that it would have made it so incredibly hard to float? So I'm way beyond these. I'm way beyond that. But ladies and gentlemen, when Brian and I tell you that the Muslims are – and I mean they're kicked off at their clerics because – Ramadan must be observed when the new moon is and when the next new moon is, and they're trying to jerk around and say, well, we've got to start it now because everybody has to work. We have jobs now. We are the pyramids. We have to worry about the world's exchange currencies. We can't just have Ramadan whenever we – and the Muslims themselves are very upset at their clerics. Was it not all over the news, Brian, and we talked about it? Indeed it was. I'm still uh, stuck on the 29th and uh, 1,260 days later that will be around uh, September 30th and October 1st. And with with that being said, we have a witness in the sky with the woman with the 12 uh, stars around her head at the time of Christ. And then at this time, the 1,260 days, if the peace treaty is signed on the 29th. Brian, Matthew, 
you probably do, but have you heard of the 12th century rabbi Judah ben Samuel? Yes, and Brian and I have discussed that privately. However, we have not talked about it publicly. Uh, this, of course, ties yes. in uh, with even uh, Michel de Notre Dame. Uh, Brian and I have not talked about uh, those things publicly yet. We have privately, uh, so we'll be fresh to the listeners. You get to break it first, so go right ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, first we'll talk about what he says about jubilees, and then you brought up the other gentleman, uh, Nostradamus, and we have our good friend uh, Torello Three, who. We're all seeing major upheaval, which I'm sure you're uh, so much more uh, uh, aware of the intricacies. I'm just looking at the bigger patterns. But uh, let's start with the the rabbi who basically said that he prophesied in the 12th century that uh, there would be ten jubilees. Now, whether they are exactly the Jubilee years, I don't think so. I think he was just saying 50-year separations. Uh, That Israel, uh, he didn't know who they would be, but this is how it turned out. Israel under the Ottoman Turks for 400 years, from 1517 to 1917, which is eight Jubilees. The capture of Jerusalem in 1967, which from 1917 is another Jubilee, 50 years. And the next prophecy is that in uh, 2017, Jerusalem would be under control of Israel, but uh, it says here that thereby, according to the prophecies of Ben uh, Judah, Ben Samuel, the messianic end, messianic end times begin. Uh, I, by my calculations, I see that in the midst of it, but there we have it again, 2017, gentlemen. That's right. There we have it again, 2017, which um, don't know how much I want to talk about that. Everybody's okay. heard me. No problem. Uh, everybody, everybody's heard me talk about uh, this point in time, uh, and this point time, in time is uh, very interesting. Uh, well, we see uh, as far as Brian and I can, uh, because just consider this, Brent, uh, that. The sign of the strike is most certainly included in the scriptures, both in the Hebrew and the Greek. And that event to take place, well, in 2016. Sign so, of the strike. Yes, uh, the sign of the strike is going to occur in 2016. And the differential of time between that date and the date with which we are referring, step back for a minute and realize why God would be playing with that numbers. Although you would have to be looking at the timeline sidereally, so you would have to be perceiving time not as uh, we have 24-hour days, but as we go through the heavens around about the sun. So not as we go around on our axis, but as we go around the sun's axis. So this is astonishing uh, that uh, this, this messianic rabbi would be able to see that, but just – Realize what I just said, everybody, that he was able to look and see what it was that the host of heaven were going to be able to see as markers. So I'm not sure uh, what Brian (laughs) wants to uh, say about this, so let's let him talk about it because 
uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, what, what Brent just said, I'm not going to debate with. The only thing I am saying is that these have been set up for signs for the host of heaven to be able to perceive what is to come. And they know exactly what's going to happen. Why do you think that one-third of them come down here? Why do you think? Consider this. Now we're getting to the crux. Oh, yes. Yes, we're getting to where the rubber hits the road, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, what do you think uh, about, well, Brent's calculations? You can speak lightly about our own calculations, but we haven't had a chance to talk about this particular rabbi and his findings about uh, 2017. Your thoughts on it, Brian? Unmute your mic, buddy. Working on it. <laughs> I had double muted just in case I went out of range, and uh, you know, then it um, decides it's going to automatically unmute it. Um, this specific rabbi, I'm trying to completely bear back to memory which one it is. I know there's been a few of the uh, you know certain works, especially one that stood out in my mind was the um, person that had written the one concerning Messiah. Um, you know, that brought up that uh, conjunction with Jupiter, you know, inside uh, Aquarius and all the things that have continued to happen throughout history, the last of which led to, what was it, there was a, I think there was a great comet at that point in time, and uh, not to even mention a massive plague had uh, broken out, and there's a lot of, uh, there's just some things that are in some of the commentaries on that work, and even that work itself that just, I know is, something that made my head spin. Um, you know, we have, um, at varying points in time, you know, you even did some searches and found out that, um, you know, we, there's definitely a few standout points in history that have been zeroed in on, and these tend to trace back for a very lengthy um, period throughout history. Uh, you know, there was... Uh, some of the private discussions we've even had concerning you brought up Nostradamus a few minutes back, you know, and there's a lot of things, a lot of things, you know, for instance, within the biography of Nostradamus that a lot of people I think are not commonly aware of, his uh, his beginning places are actually quite a bit different than a lot of people know about, you know, and this is one thing we had talked about is, you know, from what I understand with some portions of his life, he had started out inside of the church. It was within, you know, because obviously at that point in history, the prominent churches at that time were the Catholic churches. And he knew that something was going on with him that put him into a state of fear that he needed to leave the Catholic church because if they found out um, essentially what it was that was already happening to him prior to the fact of him getting caught up in you know, a multitude of occult practices later on in life, um, he was essentially in fear for his life. You know, there's uh, people have to remember, you know, the extent and the reality of what was going on with the Inquisition because when you really begin to look into that Inquisition, okay, it's a much deeper and a much bigger story than most people even realize. You know, and I think we've talked about this publicly before, you know, um, one of the major targets they started with was the Nestorian, um, Nestorius, and essentially the Assyrian church itself. So, you know, there's um, 
discussions that even we've had here um, within my own household. You know, they don't understand how this spilled over into the Americas, um, how through varying places these led to the corruptions that were going on within the witch hunts themselves that transpired throughout the English nations and, you know, quite a bit broader than that had come into the Americas themselves and it just begins to spiral out of just complete and absolute control the amount of corruption that was actually involved with this inquisition because you know everybody the crusades went hand in hand with this if you understand that or not so you know it's there's things that are going on with Nostradamus that are not common knowledge and nonetheless at the same time nor do I condone actions of his either concerning the occult techniques he got wrapped up in but his story did start out a little differently than most people realize and you know there's a few times where i've kind of you know i've i've come across some varying things that have been pointed out by you know a, a lot of people just from every walk of life every you know varying belief system you know that just have really caught my attention you know, there's some things that are said within these various quatrains that really begin to just, it, it gets a little baffling. You know, another another infamous one to bring in here we've talked about so many times is, you know, you look at the work of uh, Newton, for instance, and this just keeps going nonstop. I mean, there's just been throughout history over and over and over again these sets of days in the days ahead are continuing to be singled out. Yeah, they are. Uh, and there's much more to say about that. Uh, but just so everybody knows, uh, Nostradamus. Uh, when you get into the uh, quatrains, uh, I hope that uh, everybody is able to uh, realize just exactly what's going on because, uh, well... According to he, uh, but not only him, but of course uh, Periclesius, um, there's not going to be a 2023. Uh, Nostradamus in particular puts it four months before 2023, which puts it at the new year on the Jewish calendar. Of course, 2022. Uh, the, and let's just, uh, let's just think about that for a minute. Uh, let us read a simple nine verses, Brent. Psalm 122. I rejoiced when they said to me, we will go into the house. Our feet shall stand in thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together in itself. Whereunto the tribes, even the tribes of the Lord, go up according to the testimony to Israel to praise the name of Israel. For there are thrones set for judgment, even the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let them prosper that love of thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and neighbors' sakes, I will wish thee now prosperity. Because the house of the Lord our God, I will procure thy wealth. And just so you know, those particular thrones he's talking about is, of course, Primus Resurrectorate, the mighty Hamsatakim. 
He's talking about those of the first resurrection. That's exactly who he's talking about. And if you want to know about which tribes he's talking about, unto the tribes, even the tribes of the Lord. If you want to discourse on that, please do read Revelation chapter 7. Then you will know, then you will understand nine very simple verses. Then you will know who is going up. Then you will know what's going on. So, uh, that is Brian and I's take on 2017. Brent? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sounds, well, it sounds to me like, is it okay if we go back another step? Oh, yeah. We're we're okay going forward, backward. doesn't matter. We're good. Well, Me and Brian can, yeah. We'll keep up with you. This is Oh, I'm sure you will, but this is going to be backward and forward. Um, in your opinion, Brian and Matthew, can I can I correctly say that you think that the the largest uh, sign in the heavens was on December 25th, 2012? It was the as what? Say as, that again. The the largest, the largest sign is that what you sign? The largest sign in the heavens, using the whole Milky Way as as a signpost. Would you say that that was the largest? Uh, Brent, you're probably unawares that I've been studying signs in the heavens since I was 13. Uh, the largest <laughs> sign. Yes, I no, I, I mean, I would say uh, that a by far surpassing a sign is the Jubilee Tetrad in itself. Oh, no, but, I, meant, I, meant, I meant literally by size. Oh, by size. You mean, well, no. I, I, hmm, Brian, how do I answer that? Uh <laughs> He doesn't realize everything that I know. Um, well, then I will agree with you. I will agree with you this, okay, Brent. Yes, it was awesome. Yes. And I do realize that the Lord says this. You will see greater things, he said to his servant Nathaniel. Did he not? Amen, then. Proceed. We're in agreement. Um, this has to do with uh, rubber meeting the road. Um, December 25th was something that most, most, not not present company included, most people poo-pooed. The Lord made the heavens and the earth for a reason and for signs. And it has been manipulated and twisted and warped, and you know that more and better than anybody probably around. The people out there listening, these days, and I'm not going to go too far, I don't think, Matthew, you can cut me off any time. These days are days that have been set up as traps, as counterfeits, as deceivable markers in, in, in some ways. Um, the Egyptians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Hindus, Horus, Mitra, Attis, Krishna, all false types and false Christs throughout history <clears throat> with the celebration of their births on December 20th. Throughout mankind's history, these same deities, demonic forces that are calling themselves different names, who are, are getting together for this last event, have been fooling generations upon generations throughout history with the same old lies. The Christians are looking for their Christ. The Muslims are looking for the Mahdi. The Hindus are looking for their Kalaki. The Jews are looking for their Messiah. 
the Hopi and the Mayan and the Aztecs are looking for their quasi-causal white man gods. All of this is perpetual, continual lie on days that we are societies are still celebrating and still not seeing them for what they are. And to have Yahweh put a date for a peace treaty for the ultimate Antichrist, 490 days after that day that has been so abused and used throughout human's history should say something in itself, let alone the mathematical equation of it and the time that we're in. I don't think anybody thinks, uh, many people think we're in the um, the birth pains. Many people think we're in the first couple of seals. I did for a while. Many people think, well, look, I've just we've just talked about it tonight. April 29th could be the very start. And we have one witness with the Tetrads in 1968. So there's a lot to talk about because the spiritual is affected by the physical and vice versa. We've got signs in the sun, heaven and moon, the earth quaking beneath our feet. And you know what? I don't think anybody listening to us tonight wants to know the score of the ball game, wants to know who won Dancing with the Stars. I think they want to know as much as they can, as fast as they can. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's exactly correct. Uh, well, why? Well, because they need to repent. Okay. There it is. There it is. Those of us that hope for such thing hope that we are not alone. Okay. Because we see many people running around claiming to be Christians, even though they're thieves, they're liars, they are adulterers, they are idolaters, because. It really doesn't matter which church you go to today. Go to a Lutheran church. Go to a, they, go to a Baptist. Go to a Met. They all believe the same thing. Okay. Once you get saved, can continue living your life viciously. I mean, since the 70s, any shadow or even a hint of holiness is actually said to be uh, <laughs> sacrilegious. So that's why we do these things, because if they don't repent, goodness, are they in for a wild ride. They don't even know they're getting on the roller coaster. That's right. They don't even know. And they don't even realize why it was that John the Baptist was set up. They, they, well, Brent, I don't want to be alone, and I certainly don't want them to endure hardship, and I will certainly snatch them from the fire if it's within my capability of doing so. But I also know this. The entities that you referred to earlier… Oh, you're right about that. And they see exactly what it is that we are seeing. They know why these things are taking place. It's the churchianity that doesn't, Brent. So, huh. Brian, your comments on what uh, Brent put forth there? Come on, buddy. Unmute your mic. I'm unmuted. I'm just thinking here. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't, you know really have much to say at this point. I'm just trying to kind of listen here and evaluate, you know, really what to state next, and I'm just kind of reserving anything until maybe a little bit later in, and then just maybe, I don't know, 
just kind of bringing things forward a little bit more and maybe opening, you know, we'll see where it goes. Well, Let's just say that. I'll just, I'm just waiting patiently. I heard what else said, Brian. Yeah, Brian, if you'd like to uh, take us in a new direction, you can do so. Oh, no, I don't see a new direction. I'm just trying to determine. I think I already said it. I'm trying to determine what direction to go next. I'm just waiting. I got something sitting here, and let's just see what happens. If it's a giant, okay. all right. then it will happen. All right. All right. All right, man. I, I hear you, dude. I'm not going to poke a stick at you no more. <laughs> Brent, let's proceed. What other of these calculations did you uh, come upon, historically speaking? Now, we haven't stretched way back in time. I know that you looked at that, too, back to the 1490s, correct? Did, oh, yes, you, find, did you find correlations uh, like you did with the 490-day fold? Uh, let's talk about that for a few. Uh, yes, actually, uh, there were. They weren't as nearly as um, as highlighted as as obvious, and uh, I didn't think that we would be talking about that, Matthew. So I did not. I'm afraid. Put down and have with me all the information I need, shamefully to okay. myself. I all believe. Right. Well, uh, no, that's all right. I'm sure Brian can back you up if we want to go there. So, so just there continue where you're going. Yeah, if, if I could, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I really need to get some of this off my my mind. When we, uh, when we're, I just brought up the subject of uh, you know all the false gods and all the, the religions looking for the Messiah and so forth. I, I don't know. Uh, April 29th. Why April? We've already discussed that it is a, a a date that the the peace treaty could could be signed for the beginning of the tribulation. We have two witnesses to it, but why that date? Why? We're talking about spiritual forces set up to make counterfeit of Yeshua and do as much damage in the process as possible. I wrote this to you. Uh, just a little blip on what I thought, and I really would like to get Brian's opinion on this now. Uh, actually, I want to write Russ Dizdar, and I'm not name-dropping. I have no, I've never spoken to the man, bless him. But the May 1st is uh, Belting Festival, also called Wahlberg's Night. It's, it's like the second most sacred holiday for pagans in the world. I've been going through judges, and um, Dagon keeps coming for, for one day, half the day. Dagon, why Dagon? Why Dagon? Why Dagon? He was the Palestinian god. He was the father of Baal. If there is a sacrifice of the lamb for a peace treaty, the Palestinians on April 30th, 29th, on Wal- Wahlberg's night, the pagan holidays, I feel is going to be a a sacrifice to the gods that the Israelis never got rid of out of the land to begin with, and partly why God said, Yahweh said to do it in the first place. Brian? (laughs) (laughs) I'd say this. You have read Jeremiah chapter 8, right? I'm sorry, what? You've read Jeremiah chapter 8, right? Uh, Yeah, I couldn't quote it for you, but I have read it. You you have read it. Okay, well... uh, a uh, very good read there right from the top. It uh, states, well, uh, just about uh, – well, here, just let me 
At that time, saith the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of their princes, and the bones of their priests, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. And they shall spread them before the sun, the moon, and all the host of heaven whom they have loved, and whom they have served, and whom they have followed, and whom they have sought, and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor be buried, but shall be as dung upon the earth. And death shall be desired rather than life of all the residue that remaineth of this wicked family, which remain in all the places where I have scattered them, saith the Lord of hosts. So, if such an event does take place, I know exactly what it means, and I know exactly who they are doing it for, which is why exactly they might choose this day to do it. Any questions? Does that make sense to you? Yes, it makes sense to me. I think I just said that it did in more ways than one. Um, I would expect such a thing to be done. Uh, Brian, uh, have we had anybody uh, making claims uh, about uh, the Palestinians or the Jews, as far as that matter, making any sacrifices up on that Temple Mount in the news? Because I do believe that we have. Yep, I do believe we have. have we not? Matter of fact, this coming Passover, there were a couple of people that were um, headed in that direction, and they were stopped. Um, and I know that there was um, permission that was sought, I suspect, to do it elsewhere. There have been groups here throughout time that have, you know, tried to get things in order. I think there's been sacrifices in varying places. So, you know, this is. This is something that's kind of, you know, there's been attempts to do behind the scenes. Memory serves me correctly. It may have been done. It's just, you know, some of the past events, it's been a while since I've actually read those uh, stories. Those those have transpired, you know, over quite a long stretch here now. Yeah. Yeah, it came out in the Times of Israel that five were arrested planning to sacrifice on the Temple Mount on the 14th. Yes, this 14th, as in days ago. So, uh, (laughs) well, that brings things uh, into a whole uh, different light, Brent. Um, Everybody uh, realizes uh, that, well, uh, they are trying to do, and could such a thing happen uh, via the Palestinians? Well, you'd have to look to... The Muslims and uh, what their laws say about uh, sacrificing is what you'd need to do. And one thing's for sure, they've been doing a whole lot of sacrificings of Christians as of late. Of that, mm. you can be sure. And this thing we do know, that it is those who reside at the altar in heaven that gets the Lord God of hosts attention. I bet everybody got real quiet when I said that, didn't they? Do you think the Lord your God really cares about the blood of rams and of goats? Brian, what has he said about something? <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. So, Matter of fact, that's one of the last prophecies that is spoken in the Old Testament, is it not? Yes, it is. Brent, did you hear that? Yes, sir. 
so you need to remember what the Lord God of hosts says about sacrifices of lambs and rams and goats and sheep and blah, 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 blah. You need to consider why those that reside at the altar be the Lord God of hosts are there and be reminded about all those chapters that everybody says are unimportant in the book of Revelations. It's those people that get his attention, those that have been sacrificed for the law and for the testimony. So if I was you, I would consider on this day looking for a different type of sacrifice, one that is by far more bloody and by far more precious than any sheep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be happening uh, through the years. As we go along, if that's what you're talking about, yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we will be given into his hands as, as sheep to slaughter. Amen. Amen. So I think uh, that was an appropriate reply to your inquiry there, Brent. Please proceed. <laughs> oh, Matthew, thank you. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, I just... Enjoy the heck out of this. I, I know a lot of it's speculation. I mean, let's let's let me just rattle off a couple things real quick. Um, the Shemitah year is going to be September twenty fifth, two thousand fourteen. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, again, not name dropping. I wish everybody would read his book because it affects America in such a way, and he is he's got more proofs that have been proven instead of me, who's got calculations who haven't yet to open up people's eyes to let them see what's going on. How about uh, St. Malachi and the last pope? And all of this happening at the same time, I don't see how there could be any more evidence, any more substance scripturally, um, physically, spiritually going on to wake people up. And that's the whole point. He is so patient. But that patience is going to run out. And uh, if you want to talk about the Shemitah year, um, I'm only, you know, uh, I I think it's going to have tremendous significance. I don't have any calculations on that. Uh, the last uh, pope, uh, Tom Horn, uh, not dropping names because I do not know the man. I respect his work. Uh, has, you know, called it within a week. I think in my calculations, I called it within a three-month period. But you need to understand that he didn't. The Pope didn't get up that morning, scratch his butt, and say, "I'm going to quit." Uh, it was done months before with a lot of prayer. So I may be right on the line, and that's another a proof or a, a a a clue as to why I thought this, this my first calculations were correct. Everything was matching. But if you want to talk about the Shemitah, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in the heavens then. And uh, the last pope, the Zohar, talking about the destruction. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I know you know this, but I don't know the exact date. The, the, uh, the pope is going to be in uh, Jerusalem in Israel in May. May what? Do we know? Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Uh, okay. I'm also uh, – let me say this, okay? Uh, you need to learn from your own lessons, okay? Because you say within three months. Three months isn't nothing. Because to the Lord thy God, that's out of season. A season's only two months, 59 days. So you should have saw up front that everything that's going on with the Pope is just a parading of false prophecies. Now, I don't I doubt that. Took you, I probably just took you by surprise. 
You did but with I know the, this uh, as every. Excuse me. The the what? You did with you did with the seasons, yes, Matthew. Uh, so, <clears throat> so I know that this is very popular, and yes, I know Mr. Horn. More importantly, I know his root, and uh, I know that you're aware. Uh, that Brian and I have spent a plethora of time uh, getting people to not look to the Pope. He is nothing. The only thing that matters right. now is the rise of the Assyrian. That's what we should be. So uh, concerning the Pope, um, I appreciate your looking into that, but the Lord your God lets you know right off the bat, Brent, don't go down this hole. You were off well, by three months. Timing. That's out of season. Just the timing of the last right. Pope, him that's all I'm saying. Right. Well, uh, herein, you need to remember this, that those associated with the Pope and everything that lies within the Vatican walls has nothing to do with the Lord thy God. It has everything false, false things with which the children of God look to. <clears throat> yes, sir. They know. Everything that I know, Brent, they know. And they also know this. They need to keep everybody's eyes somewhere else because the one they worship is telling them to get everybody's eyes looking in the wrong direction. Yes. So without saying too much, uh, whenever you was off outside of the season, you should have realized, hey, God's telling me this is nothing. They're trying to set this up to distract me. It's just that you weren't able to remember that the Lord thy God said most illicitly and explicitly to his children in Genesis chapter 8 that there are six seasons, not four. That's mm. what he said with mm. his own mouth. And it takes two twin new moons to make a full moon, to make a full cycle, because we know that's why uh, that women's uh, uh, time uh, of uncleanliness is only 29 and a half days. It takes two full moons to equal sidereally and day, hour, month to line up. So there's two. So the year is actually six seasons of 59 days, twins. So it's just that you couldn't remember that, uh, that God said that, and you couldn't perceive everything that he says about, well, twins in Scripture and how he looks at time, uh, which is no big deal. It's just that… well, the Bible's awfully big, and God says an awfully lot for us to listen to and to remember. But, uh, and I'll let Brian talk about this because uh, Brian's probably chomping at the bit right now because uh, he's awful <laughs> irritated at, at hearing the Pope yet again. <laughs> but uh, I'm just putting it as lightly as I can that you should have remembered that, Brent. You you forgot, and three months that's outside of a season. God was saying, nah, uh uh-uh, uh, wrong answer. If it was beyond 59 days, you ain't to look at it. That's beyond the season. So, uh, Brian, anything you want to add to that or take away from it or just help us out here? Sorry about that, Brian. Um, I'm just – yeah, I heard the uh, mention of the quote-unquote pope in the middle of this. Well, I have noticed there's been some rather uh, – Interesting, if not strange, developments with things going on in the Vatican that are going hand in hand with the moves to, uh, you know, get this um, this uh, attempted peace to transpire between, um, you know, those that want to call themselves Palestinians, even though they're the sons of Lot, in the middle of the land of Israel as we speak, you know, and I've seen just a whole lot of. Uh, 
rather um, timely. That's the proper word for this, because guess what, everybody? We were told all this was going to happen. Regardless of the fact, there's been a lot of key players that were doing just as they've been put into place to do in this day. We've been told yep. this ahead of time. Okay, we've had John Kerry in the middle of this. You know, we've had actions from the leader of this nation in the middle of this. We've had actions from the leaders of other nations in the middle of this. And they are doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing in this appointed time, just as it states in the book of Daniel. So are we going to continue to see more and more of this? Most certainly. Okay, we're seeing a very major example of these things happening right now as we speak with the situation in the Ukraine. We're seeing this happen in Syria. We're seeing this happen in Egypt. Matter of fact, this list actually will continue to build to the point that I, I could probably stand back and say right now, we're seeing these actions happen everywhere in the world as we speak. And there's more than enough evidence to support what I just said. Amen. Amen. I've got to give a heads up. Ten minutes left. Brent? Yes, sir. Ten minutes left. What are you going to do with it? Um, well, uh, thank you, Matthew, once again. Thank you very much. Listen, um, what's possibly going to be happening here? Um, I've continued the calculations for the 188-day cycle of earthquakes. They continue... We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, seven point oh's in the last couple of weeks. We've got Terrell saying, uh, Terrell 03 saying he's expecting a, a very large one on the 20th. Um, the scientists from uh, USGS admit that 20 of the 26 big ones in the last few years, and this was back in 2011, I believe, were on full moons, which would be May 14th. We have, and I'm sorry if I go here, please, uh, um, quatrain this and quatrain that. Uh, very mighty trembling in the month of May. Uh, sudden 20th in Taurus, April 20th to the 10th. Uh, when uh, when in May, lands will be trembling. That's another one. Uh, oh, I mean, everything, the earth uh, and the time of so much, People, I told a gentleman at work the other day, I says, you know, if you're going to get some stuff, uh, the the counties in the United States say, uh, they have websites that say there's, uh, there's certain preparations you should do. There are state websites that say there are certain preparations you should do. There are, the United States has a preparation websites that say there are preparations you should do. If If, if people aren't at least taking care of of seeing what is possibly going to happen in the physical. I, I tremble and fear in the spirit. I ask everybody within the sound of my voice, I've asked some gentlemen from work who are going to be listening, the day of the Lord is at hand. He is the one who has set it all in motion, no matter how much I understand, no matter how much Brian and Matthew understands, he understands it all. He loves you. He died for you. Jesus, his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, son of El Yahweh Elohim, creator of heaven and earth, Lord of the spirits, is the only way to be saved when all is said and done. Let the earth pass away. Let the heavens proclaim his glory. The days now 
are at coming to an end. My calculations can be wrong. Every other source I have tried to mention can be wrong. Matthew, forgive me. You can be wrong. Let the Lord be correct. And one of the biggest controversies in Christianism today could be settled on the 29th, the pre-trib rapture. If that treaty is signed, everyone who believes in that will be standing in awe or not even realizing it. But if it does happen that way, they will be took by complete surprise. They're not going to have pants to have down around their ankles. They're going to be naked, stunned, and it says that Many's hearts will grow cold. Most will fall away. That's three out of four people. We're talking Jesus himself, Yeshua HaMashiach, Son of El Yahweh Elohim, Creator of heaven and earth. Lord the Spirit said this would be the worst time that the world had ever known since the beginning of time. And there's only one way for you to escape. It may not be with your life, unless it's eternal life. And he loved you so much that he gave his life so that if you do lose yours, you could still be part of his family. Let me read something out of Daniel Hill real quick. Daniel was told, this is the very last thing they told Daniel. I hope we got the right one. <clears throat> As for you, Daniel, go your way till the end. And Daniel was told all about the end. You will rest. You will die. And then at the end of the day, of days, you will raise, you'll be raised to receive what? To receive what? Your allotted inheritance. We can become the family of God. It was his intention from the beginning. There is no such thing as evolution. Adam and Eve were fallen beings. We have the power through the Holy Spirit to be able to live our lives correctly. People are taking... People, Christians nowadays say that the Ten Commandments are no longer applicable. Then why does the devil want them out of the schools, out of the churches, out of the communities? Why does he want them gone? Because they are the basis, the word of life, Jesus Christ. They, he is the word. He lives the word, and he's the only one of the beloved father, the beloved son, who can be trusted. Many will come in his name saying that they are Christ's. Don't go after them. Listen to people like Matthew and Brian. Take what I've said at heart. Search it out for yourself. Your very souls depend on it whether you believe it or know it or not. Thank you, Matthew. You're most welcome. Uh, hey, I need a good stern preaching to every now and again just like everybody else. Amen, Brian? Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a whiz-bang at two hours, that's for sure, and I want to give uh, Brent a little heads up, something that Brian and I already know, that this thing you should consider, Brent, that the sacrificial altar, as far as celestial somology is concerned, that's the orbital plane, so... If you not see anything on the ground, perhaps you should be looking up in the heavens for a sacrifice to occur along the orbital plane. Mm. Now, I could be wrong. We shall see. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
it's been a blast, and I hope you enjoyed. Um, if you want to get uh, questions or comments to Brent, you're going to have to email me, and I will pass them along as he wishes to remain anonymous for now anyway. Uh, but, uh, Brent, thank you for being on the broadcast. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And you're welcome. Brian, take us out, buddy. Thank you very much, Brent, for coming on. It's great material you brought in for certain. And just thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. And God bless all of you. Good night. Good night.